large. A lot of borrowers don't even have mortgages in Hong Kong, uh, and those that do have very large down payments. Mm. So what's your rating for Hong Kong, and what's the outlook? Well, the rating on Hong Kong is double A minus. It has remained that way uh, since 2020, was, which was the last time that we took the rating down uh, from from its previous level. The outlook is stable. I think at the moment, uh, essentially, the rating is, is driven by sort of two factors. Uh, the most important is these rising economic, financial, and uh, political linkages with the mainland, uh, which I think in our mind justify uh, a very close linkage uh, of, of, the, of these two ratings. So we have mainland China at eight plus with a stable outlook and, and Hong Kong one notch above at double A minus. And that one notch uh, you know, reflects the open capital account. It reflects a, uh, reflects a very large fiscal reserve and fiscal buffers that Hong Kong continues to have. Andrew, thank you very much. That's Andrew Fennell, Senior Director of Sovereign Ratings at Fitch Ratings. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Around the Asia-Pacific markets, the SX200 up two-thirds of 1%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan has risen now 0.9%. The Cosby in South Korea up 0.4%. And futures markets pointing to a gain of 170 points for the Hang Seng at the Open this morning. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Coming up after the news is Back Chat with Janice Wong and Jenny Lam. The weather forecast, uh, cloudy with squally showers and thunderstorms. Those showers are going to be heavy at times. The maximum temperature will be around uh, 29 uh, degrees. And there is the standby signal number one in force. And the outlook is for showers and thunderstorms in the next couple of days, which are going to be heavy at times on Friday, and then they will lessen, and there will be sunny intervals on Sunday and Monday. The temperature right now, 27 degrees, 87% relative humidity. Times 8.32. Here's Andrew Shrosky with the Half Hour News. Thank you, Peter. A chief manager of the hospital authority, Lao Kahin, has said officials are looking to move more COVID patients from public hospitals to private ones to cope with the surge in admissions. About 14 to 50 patients are allowed in the private hospitals. But now we will find more patients who are suitable to be managed in the private hospitals. The patients can be from the medical ward, for example, after a stroke or after cardiac attack, or from the surgical stream, for example, after the operation. What the patients need is some rehabilitation or some convalescent treatment. Dr. Lau's comments came as the HA announced the death of four more COVID patients. Another 164 patients have been admitted to public hospitals, taking the tally of those receiving care to 1,533. Meanwhile, health authorities have reported 4,547 new coronavirus cases. The NASA Space Agency says it's aiming to launch its first Artemis flight to the moon no earlier than August the 29th. Artemis 1 is the first flight of NASA's space launch system vehicle and the first flight of the Orion spacecraft. The test flight will circle the moon before returning to Earth. NASA said the uncrewed flight will be the first in a series of increasingly complex missions that will provide a foundation for deep space exploration and extend human existence to the moon and onto Mars. Bill Nelson is the agency's administrator. We're going to Mars and we're going back to the moon in order to learn to live, to work, to survive on these increasingly complex missions. Astronauts will live and work in deep space and will develop the science and technology to send 
the first humans to Mars. It's been confirmed that a Hollywood film based on the DC Comics character Batgirl has been scrapped. This is despite the movie already being in post-production. Here's the BBC's Colin Patterson with the details. It is simply one of the most expensive cast-offs in cinematic history. Batgirl's budget was around the $90 million mark. Rising star Leslie Grace took on the title role, with Michael Keaton returning to play Batman for the first time since the 1990s. Filming finished in March, allowing plenty of time for special effects to be added ahead of a late 2022 release in cinemas and on the US streaming service HBO Max. But now Batgirl has been canned, never to be seen. According to the New York Post, test screenings were so poorly received that Warners decided the film was irredeemable. A 60-year-old, a 62-year-old French man has survived for 16 hours in an air bubble inside his sailing boat after it capsized in the Atlantic Ocean before being rescued by Spanish Coast Guard divers, a feat they described as verging on the impossible. The 12-meter vessel, which had set sail from the Portuguese capital Lisbon, sent out a distress signal late on Monday evening. The news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Janice Wong and my co-host today is Jenny Lam. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning. On today's Back Chat, we're talking about Pu Chunghua education in Hong Kong. And the Secretary for Education said earlier that local schools should teach the Chinese language in Pu Chunghua if certain conditions can be met. Christine Choi said Hong Kong youth would be at a disadvantage if they can't speak Pu Chunghua and lose out on opportunities offered by the mainland's rapid development. Currently, schools teach the Chinese subject in both Cantonese and Pu Chunghua. Are schools and teachers equipped to teach the Chinese language in Pu Chunghua? What difficulties are there? How would this affect students? After 9.15, we'll look at a new survey that highlights the need for more recreational facilities in Hong Kong. Let us know your thoughts, your questions and your comments on our Facebook page, Backchat at RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or you can call us, of course, and our number is 23388266. That's 23388266. To kick off our discussion this morning, we have in our Kowloon studio, Mervyn Cheung, the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group, and Elizabeth Lowe, an uh, assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong's Faculty of Education. And on the line, we have Benjamin Al Young, who is a TV host and a linguist. Good morning to all of you, and uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Um, let's start with you, Mr. Cheung. What do you think of the idea of uh, teaching the Chinese language in Pu Chunghua? Uh, um I'm supportive of uh, of this idea, and uh, I think uh, in, in uh, using Putinwa as a teaching medium for uh, Chinese language lessons should be our long term goal. And of course, uh, during the transition period, uh, we have a, a quite a number of ways of doing it. And <clears throat> well, let let me start with uh, the uh, Education Bureau's guidelines on on this subject, uh, which which to me are quite clear. And according to the guidelines issued in 2002 on the learning of Chinese language curriculum from primary one to secondary three, uh, it's already clearly specified that using Putonghua to teach Chinese language education in schools is a, is a long-term objective uh, for school education. And bilingual and child literate competence is an edge in our 
in our uh, education system, and students to learn and use uh, uh, Pudungwa well. And well, whether or not to implement the usage of uh, Pudunghua in teaching Chinese language curriculum is a school-based decision, and school administrations have to consider several factors, including the preparedness of the teachers involved in the Pudunghua standard of students, the language environment on campus, curriculum arrangements, as well as teaching and learning support. And this policy is still valid uh, to this day. All right. We're talking about this issue today because of uh, what the Education Secretary said recently, but the idea is not exactly new, is it, Ms. Uh, Professor Lo? Uh, I mean, uh, schools have been considering what language to use as their medium of instruction for teaching the Chinese subject uh, for, more than a, uh, for more than a decade, I think. Um, so what do you think is the general view on, on this idea? I think um, learning Putonghua is a must to all Hong Kong students. Um, this is not only for uh, enriching their language learning experience, but also for um, better um, academic and uh, job opportunities in the future. Uh, this is important. Um, I have no doubt on this. But about using Putonghua as the medium of instruction in the school, I also agree that we need to give a school the flexibility to decide what would be the best arrangement for their students. Just like what Mr. Zhang mentioned, it very much depends on teachers' readiness, students' Putonghua proficiency, school language environment, and also the language environment in the community, a home language environment, and the curriculum arrangement, learning support, and all these kind of things. So what are some of the challenges, Professor Lo, in, in Hong Kong in terms of finding teachers and the... the daily use of language at home and in the school environment? What are the challenges? Um, I believe um, uh, we all know that in Hong Kong, the majority of people here are using Putonghua for daily communication and also from the, uh, for the media. And students, they are using Putonghua as the mother tongue and uh, mainly home language. And this also applies to our teachers. Um, you, you mean Cantonese? So yes, Cantonese. Cantonese. Yes. Cantonese. Yes. For, for Chinese language teachers, I, I believe majority are using Cantonese as the mother tongue and, yeah. and even um, the uh, language for their professional communication in the schools. Um, uh, but because um, Putonghua um, is like an essential recruitment requirement to most of the schools in Hong Kong, therefore um, Nearly all of the teachers already got the Putonghua proficiency requirement and also passed um, the examination using Putonghua as a medium of instruction in classroom. So for the teachers, I believe it won't be a huge problem. But for students, uh, we need to consider what would be the best learning environment for them. And when we're talking about um, effective teaching and learning, um, there are several components that we need to consider, no matter what subject language and not subject uh, that we are, we are talking about. First of all, we want our students to be able to um, engage and participate in the learning environment. They should feel confident to use the language to, to join the learning activities and to um, discuss with their peers and to uh, share their learning ideas. So this is the first thing we need to, to provide to our students. And the second thing is um, we need to enhance our students' learning motivation. How can our students be motivated to learn, which is they feel they are confident, they feel they can participate, and they feel uh, they believe they can achieve what the teachers ask them to do. Therefore, using medium of uh, as an instruction, we need to consider students' um, emotive um, um, perspective. 
All right, let's bring in uh, Mr. Al Young. Good morning, Mr. Al Young. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, So so listening uh, to uh, Professor Lo and uh, Mr. Chung, what's your view? I mean, how how easy is it uh, uh, for most students to use Puchunghua to uh, learn the Chinese language, in your view? Okay, first of all, we have to make a clear distinction between using Puchunghua as a means or as an end. Now we have an independent lesson on Puchunghua. By, by that I mean we are we are learning Putonghua as a means, learn how to speak, learn how to use the structure, the grammar, etc. But when we are talking using Putonghua as a medium, that is as a tool to learn Chinese, we have to consider are we well equipped or are we competent with using Putonghua as a tool? As if we are now using my, I'm now using my iPhone to do the interview. I have to ask myself, am I equipped with uh, using iPhone as a means to do the communication? Can I come to your your studio to do the, 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 the interview? Can I use my computer to do the interview? So on and so forth. So Putonghua as a means is another issue. Right. Now, I agree, I, I agree with uh, the professor that we have to learn to, to consider the motivation of, 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 of our students. So, uh, yes. Putonghua can bring us a lot of uh, employment rates, okay, but are the society uh, prepared to give the conditions because the officials in the education bureau saying that we have to, to, you know, to to build up the the, the conditions. Are the conditions mature? Let me give you some suggestion or some criteria to, to, to evaluate the conditions. For example, the legislative council councillors in Hong Kong are they prepared to use Putonghua to do the discussion to do the the, 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 the yeah, to do the discussion in the legislative council? Are the high senior levels of our government prepared to use Putonghua to do their interview to do their discussion so on and so forth? So if they can demonstrate uh, how to use Putonghua at such a high level in society, we as parents or teachers and uh, students know that ah, Putonghua can reach such a high level, and then we are much more motivated to use Putonghua as a teaching medium. What, what do you think, Mr. Chang? I mean, we're talking about two different things here. What, what, what Benjamin Aoyang is saying, he's suggesting that the working language in Hong Kong should be Putonghua, such as in the Legislative Council in Everyday Life. Here we are yes, talking. As long as it is used as a working level, that, right. that, that can create the the, the Putonghua condition. Yeah. Now, no, no, no one uses Putonghua as a as as a you know as a working language in, in Hong Kong. Yeah. And now, high officials, uh, you you know, high officials encourage us to what is the point of such such encourage? We have to build. build you uh, talking about the, 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 the bridge between the the, the two? Okay. T- today we're talking about teaching. Um, children teaching students to use Putonghua. You're talking so, about a different thing. You're talking about using Putonghua as a yeah, working so language it, in it Hong Kong. Be, Those two so, are separate, very different things. We're talking about no, education no, no, no. policy. Mr. Chen, yeah, what do you think? About the education policy, but the best, best, uh, how can the education policy be implemented? You know, the, the education center is very conservative. We have to look at the practical. Um, the practical advantages of using Putonghua as a means to, to, to do the Chinese. If there's no such uh, uh, mature condition, no such motivation, why do people use Putonghua as a means to 
to to run the risk of doing bad in our examination. We are very mm. practical. What we do you think, Mr. Zhang? Uh, well, to me, there are no conflicts uh, uh, between these two ends. Um, now, just look at our senior officials. Uh, in in my opinion, uh, Mrs. Carrie Lam, our former uh, uh, CE, does speak a very very nice uh, Putonghua, and and uh, and uh, many other senior officials as well. Especially uh, when you can see that uh, when they attend uh, conferences and uh, big functions and also uh, meetings with uh, senior officials from uh, from from the motherland. So um, I think uh, they they really. Uh, are doing well, and so of course uh, there there must be some t- um, people with a, uh, with a very high status in our society who, because of uh, various reasons, could not have a very good working command of of, uh, of the language. So uh, we start now at the school level and giving time and resources, and also the kind of. Uh, 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 environment and training uh, for for our uh, younger generation to learn and use Putonghua. Uh, so I think uh, there are no conflicts between these two ends. Hmm. What about you, Professor Lo? Just before the program, we were talking about Singapore and how Singapore, you know, English is the working language in Singapore, and yet they've been promoting mother tongue. Um, learning and teaching since the 70s. I was just looking at some statistics here. So for Chinese-speaking people in, in Singapore, the number of people who are fluent, the percentage of people who are fluent in Mandarin was 20%, 26% in 1980, but by 10 years later, it was over 60%. Why is it achievable in Singapore and not here? What What's the difference? Um, first of all, I want to um, put our... Uh, put more emphasis on the uh, Chinese language curriculum. Um, when we are talking about uh, using a language as the medium of instruction, we we should be aware that um, what language subject that we are talking about. For Chinese language, um, it is the first language of our students. Therefore, the, um, the learning expectation is pretty high. Um, Chinese language teachers, they are not uh, required to teach the uh, subject matters but also to nurture our students' Chinese culture, Chinese literature, thinking skills, and many other higher-order thinking skills, logical um, thinking skills, argumentative skills, etc. Therefore, our students feel confident using Putonghua to, to do all this kind of higher-order discussion and to nurture all these kind of um, very complicated um, learning strategies. Um, we also need to be aware that um, Chinese language is not only a subject, it will also be used as a tool to learn other subjects. Therefore, um, Chinese language serves different purposes here. So um, we also need to be um, aware that um, the written form, um, modern standard Chinese language, we share the same written form. Um, therefore, when we have a Chinese text, we can read it aloud by using Cantonese, Putonghua, or other dialects. It doesn't matter. Therefore, Putonghua is just um, a spoken language that we need to master. But how can we be a confident and a good communicator? It is about our thinking. It's about what we want to say, what we want to tell. Therefore, our thinking skills of our students and whether they have very rich reading experience, life explosive, it, all kinds of met, uh, all kinds of matter. This is not just about a uh, spoken language. So, if we want to learn Putonghua, 
but um, destroy other learning opportunities and students' confidence and to nurture this kind of very important learning skills. And the 21st century skills, the four Cs, critical thinking, communicative, collaborative, and also creativity. Then this, this price, we need to pay for that. All right. So I have a message here from a listener, and uh, it's uh, T.C. Zhang. He says, um, first, I think students in Hong Kong should learn Fu Zhenghua. I completely agree with the point uh, that uh, it will ra in raising competitiveness. My problem with teaching Chinese language in Fu Zhenghua only is the rationale that this uh, helps students become more, prof more proficient in Chinese. Cantonese, being a descendant of classical Chinese, predate Fu Zhenghua by about 400 years. More importantly, the type of Chinese used in mainland China today is called westernized Chinese, which is a, which is a bad form of the language, according to traditionalists. And uh, that uh, is from uh, T.C. Zhang. Um, Professor Lo, do you agree? Um, language, it, is, uh, uh, it has its life. When the language we use in Hong Kong, uh, in mainland China, or in um, other uh, places using Putonghua as the communicative language, uh, they would have their own characteristic. Uh, but um, basically, um, Chinese language, we share a very similar uh, grammatical characteristic. And the written form, okay, you may talk about the simplified Chinese and the uh, traditional form, and, but the simplified Chinese character, only um, the number is about a 500 or so. Not many of them have, have been um, simplified. Therefore, the majority, most of the Chinese language, the written form which we share, um, uh, we need to think if we want to learn a spoken language, should we spend 12 years and um, about eight lessons per week? to learn the spoken language. And therefore, I, I agree that um, if we can give school the flexibility to choose what would be the best arrangement for our student, it would work better. Mr. Aoyang, what do you think? Yeah. Do you, should we give uh, schools uh, more flexibility in choosing how to uh, um, introduce or Puchunghua in, in teaching Chinese language? Yes, of course, we have to give uh, school uh, flexibility or a choice because it is our teachers that can mostly uh, accurate to determine which language uh, their students uh, can, can master to learn uh, Chinese through Putonghua. And I suggest that there should be a, a ratio for, 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 for guidance. For example, a 9 to 1 ratio. 9, nine means using Cantonese as a teaching medium for uh, teaching Chinese because most of our majority almost speak Cantonese. And then from that ratio, we can, you know, we can give uh, the, the students to, 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 to adjust according to their learning needs. Hmm. You know, Mr. Chang, uh, recently the government introduced this program to, to bring um, local students to these study tours in mainland China. And, and also, um, they are using the Palace Museum here, for example, to, to, you know, spark the interest in Chinese culture. How do, do, you, do you think these things help people's interest in, in identifying with the use of Mandarin, Putonghua as, as Chinese and the Chinese identity? How, do you think those things help? Yes, uh, well, I think uh, that certainly will help because um, this kind of uh, cultural ties or at least a uh, uh, heightened awareness of uh, of such a, a relation relationships should certainly help uh, in in learning uh, in learning Putonghua, and um, 
what I, what I wish to add uh, is that um, even in higher education, when students finish their DSE and proceed to the local universities, they more often than not come across uh, famous scholars in, in the local institutions who come from, from the mainland and they speak Putonghua. And if you can master the language or, or have a, you know, a good uh, working command of it, that will certainly help the, 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 the learning of the subject and, and also in, uh, the, at a more advanced level, the research on, on, uh, on the subject or on the related disciplines. So I, would, I certainly would go for uh, starting to, to learn Putonghua and use it as a medium of instruction for the, for the Chinese language uh, curriculum. Is that your experience at Hong Kong, Professor Lo, that, that um, university students who are not fluent in Putonghua are at a disadvantage to learn from their professors who come from the mainland? I think um, it is um, quite different. Um, first of all, uh, when we are use, uh, talking about using Putonghua as a medium of instruction in um, primary and secondary school, um, students um, uh, were, would be put in an environment that um, they, they are expected to use Putonghua for, for teaching and learning. But in the university, in fact, we know as an adult, um, we are quite flexible when communicating with each other. And um, many of the universities in Hong Kong are also using English as the medium of instruction. So if our student cannot use Putonghua for communication, they would change the channel by using English or other means to achieve their learning goals. Therefore, uh, we can go back to the uh, long-term objectives of our um, school curriculum, which is to nurture our student, become a lifelong learner. Learning a language is not just 10 years or 12 years. It's a lifelong business. Uh, to me, I'm still learning every day. I'm still learning how to use Putonghua for professional communication and for daily communication. And um, the problem is that the point is how we can uh, make our students and, and enjoy the language, enjoy listening Putonghua, being able to use it for communication. We are talking about communication. Therefore, if we can uh, have Putonghua as a separate subject, teacher can use the time, let the students sing Putonghua song, watching Putonghua cartoons or movies, and using Putonghua for discussion. Even the discussion would be relatively more superficial. It doesn't matter because our learning objective by that time would be learning Putonghua as a functional language, but not learning the subject matter. All right. So I have another message here from a listener, Henry. He says that the answer to this topic is crystal clear. China's prominence in the world is very clear. So learning Putonghua is a must to be able to compete to communicate with mainlanders. Putonghua as a medium is important because teaching Putonghua using Cantonese is just like learning English using Cantonese. We all know the English speaking skills of Hong Kong students are poor. Also, Putonghua is more refined than Cantonese. And uh, he says, uh, in Cantonese, many phrases cannot be written down. Even in Guangzhou, where Cantonese and Putonghua thrive, Guangzhou people's Putonghua is better than Hong Kong's Putonghua. And that is from Henry. Mr. Ao Yang, what do you think of that comment? Yes, I partially agree with that. Yes, it, uh, he is talking about the, the functional, the survival value or the competitiveness of the, of the Putonghua. Yes, but we can we explore more more values of Putonghua, Putonghua as a cultural cultural means or of Putonghua as um, 
has an uh, has uh, does it have an entertainment value? So as long as we can develop different or develop different values of Putonghua, not just the survival or not just the bringing you up to the high level of society, other values, educational values, entertainment values, then that can you know motivate our use of Putonghua as a tip. And just briefly, Mr. Aoyoung, is it easy to learn? I mean, when we talk about learning the Chinese subject, I mean, we're talking about classical Chinese as well. Is it easy to learn classical Chinese, literary Chinese um, in Putonghua? I mean, for for someone who's a mother tongue. Yeah, is... yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what 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 you mean. Now, there's a myth that there's a, a, a very close relation between uh, learning classical Chinese and and, and the, the current uh, languages, for example, there's some connection between classical Chinese and Cantonese, as well as classical Chinese and 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 Putonghua. It's not just an uh, A or B issue to to determine whether use, using Putonghua as a means to reach the or to to appreciate the classical the classical Chinese. All right, so there's a lot more, 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 more gap between the current language and the classical language. So it's not easier or more difficult? Not easy. All right, uh, all right Mr. Ao we have to take a short break for the news. Um, thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Benjamin Ao a TV host and a linguist. And uh, Mr. Cheung and Professor Lo, we can continue our discussion after the news. Um, now, if you want to ask questions or just share your views on today's topics, you can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or better still, you can give us a call. Our number is 233-88266. And now a quick look at the weather. The standby signal number one is now in effect. Today is going to be cloudy with squally showers and thunderstorms. The top temperature will be around 29 degrees. And uh, right now it's 27 degrees, relative humidity 88%. And sent out a distress signal late on Monday evening. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Thursday morning with Jenny Lam and me, Janice Wong. This morning, we're talking about Putonghua education in Hong Kong after the Secretary for Education said earlier that local schools should teach the Chinese language in Putonghua if certain conditions can be met. If you want to ask questions or just share your views on today's topics, remember you can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or you can give us a call. Our number is 233-88266. Still with us on the program is Mervyn Cheung, the chair of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group, and Elizabeth Lowe, an assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong's Faculty of Education. Before the news, we heard different views on the issue. Mr. Cheung said uh, he agrees that the Chinese subject should eventually be taught in Pujanghua, while Professor Lowe said it's important for schools to adopt a flexible approach in teaching the Chinese language in Pujanghua. And uh, one thing that we all agree on is that uh, learning um, Pujanghua or any language is to use it as often as possible. So, um, Professor Lo, how can we encourage schools to create a language environment for Putonghua or create more opportunities for students to use Putonghua inside and outside of the classroom? First of all, I think um, we, net, uh, we need to let students enjoy using the language. Therefore, I suggested that um, school can allow students uh, singing Putonghua song because we have research uh, uh, proving that uh, um, Using um, singing to learn um, subject matters, uh, vocabularies, and also for for even some um, grammatical um, uh, structure, it really helps and very long lasting. 
And we also uh, allow, we can also allow students to watch Putonghua movie, and then they can discuss about what they have watched. And uh, this is more functional, and student be able to use the language and for communication. Other than that, some of the school I I know they have Putonghua day, and the whole school would use Putonghua all day time, uh, for for um, going to the tuck shop. And for other communication, and what um, the EDB is now doing, um, uh, organizing uh, the tour to mainland China, also give our students a very good opportunities to practice the language. Right. I, I know, like earlier, maybe like back in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, the government did introduce a, a scheme to support schools uh, in using Putonghua to teach the Chinese language subject. How did that go? Um, I observed that. Um, Because um, when we uh, recruit our undergraduate student, we would have an um, interview. Most of them can use Putonghua for communication uh, quite confidently and fluently. Uh, I, I I believe the policy uh, is quite successful because um, our younger generation, many of them are very uh, confident and interested in learning the language. Um, it won't be a problem if they are motivated. Just like sometimes we come across with students, they learn. A Korean, it's because they they enjoy the culture and and the movie, all this stuff. So if our students they are motivated uh, for learning, they can do whatever uh, they want to. Um, therefore, motivation is the most important thing. You you know you mentioned earlier, Professor Lo, that obviously education is is not just about jamming students with a particular language. It's also about communication and critical thinking, etc. What do you see the impact of of getting young kids to to um, learn in a dialect that they don't speak at home? What do you think the impact will be on those creative side of the development? Mm. Um, there are two examples uh, just uh, around us. One is Singapore and the other is Guangzhou. Um, first of all, we know um, Guangzhou people are using can Cantonese, but um, recently, because I have a student, uh, he's um, 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 Cantonese uh, nursery rhyme creator. Uh, he has been invited to support the Guangzhou government to promote Cantonese again, because the younger generation they don't use Cantonese anymore. And um, schools, the community. Uh, for professional uh, development, uh, working language, and also the media, all using Putonghua. Therefore, um, they observe that there is a, a gap between the elder generation and the younger one. They can't communicate. The elderly they could not speak Putonghua, but just Cantonese. Therefore, they are still they are, they are going back, promoting Cantonese to to sustain the culture, the unique Canton, Canton culture. And for Singapore, uh, we know. Uh, because we have some collaboration with the Singapore um, Chinese Language Center, we noticed that um, the younger generation who are confident and using Putonghua as the mother language at home language is decreasing. Uh, they also lack of um, uh, in love teachers who are proficient in love to teach Chinese language in Singapore. Therefore, they are recruiting um, teachers from um, China and Hong Kong. Um, And also the culture, the, sustain, the sustainability of Chinese culture in Singapore is also a concern of the government. Therefore, about ten uh, years ago, they set up three um, language centers promoting the mother tongue. Not Cantonese or Chinese uh, being um, uh, uh, have a crisis, but also uh, the mother tongue of other ethnicity in Singapore.
Right, I have a message here from T.C. Jung again, and uh, he says uh, it's on it's on the issue of Singapore. He says, uh, I have no problem with Singapore having a speak Mandarin policy because their national identity is partly built on not being Chinese. Adopting Puzhenghua as one of its official languages is simply allowing them to do business with China. This is, sim- this is similar to American English. As custodians of traditional Chinese culture, I expect mainland China and Hong Kong to maintain the language as more than just a form of communication. And uh, that message is from uh, T.C. Zhang. So I guess here yeah, he agrees with what you're saying then. Um, yeah, Mr. Chang, yes. do, you have, do you have something to add? Yes, I think, um, well, Hong Kong, being uh, an international city uh, with, a, with a multicultural environment, uh, is quite apt for <clears throat> doing a kind of a multilingual uh, uh, pursuit. So... Um, I don't think we we have, at least for for dec- uh, for for a few more decades to come, uh, the problem of uh, fearing the the laws of uh, uh, Cantonese as our dominant uh, uh, language. So, basically, I can't see any uh, big contradictions between teaching Chinese language sub- subjects in in in, in school with Putonghua and our daily use of uh, Cantonese. Yeah, um, you know, P- uh, Professor Lo, you, you also mentioned earlier that that um, the media here, for example, obviously is mainly Cantonese. Um, how how can the media, for example, help to promote that learning Putonghua environment? Um, some of the programs are um, broadcast by the media are using Putonghua, but um, um, it should be very attractive, to be honest. Um, as a business sector, they need to to do business. Therefore, um, the program they select should be very popular, and and the content uh, should attract um, the audience. Um, therefore, we can um, encourage them to to do more uh, on this. But there is something I want to add. It is about the role of the parents, uh, especially for the younger students. And we know why Hong Kong students, they perform so well, or even as students in China, they perform so well in all kinds of uh, public examination and academically. It's because we have a very uh, big supporting uh, force in the back, uh, which is the parents. So if the school using Putonghua as the medium of instruction, I have heard from parents that they they would not involve in the students' uh, Chinese language learning because they themselves are not confident in their Putonghua. They worry that if they help, they may, they may uh, because um, the pronunciation is not that accurate, they may uh, not able to, to help the, the students, but also uh, have a negative impact. If we lost parental support and involvement, it will be a disaster to our students' learning, especially for the younger one. Yes, I, I hear that a lot from a lot of parents who, who, who send their children to schools that teach in Fuzhenghua. But uh, Mr. Cheng, what solution yes. is there? I mean, what can we do? Do parents have to take Fuzhenghua lessons now? Uh, not, not too prevalent, I, I think. So I, I agree with uh, uh, Elizabeth that uh, we, we, we might as well to have something to, to start with the, with the with parents. Because if parents, on the one hand, uh, can speak, can use Putonghua, then the, the kind of uh, interactions at home uh, between, between them and, and also their kids 
would would be facilitated uh, uh, using uh, using the same language, and at the same time, if they are supportive, the students will will feel uh, better motivated uh, to devote time and also uh, uh, energy in 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 learning and using the language. Right, and uh, I I have a message here from David. He says. Uh, when you send your child to a kindergarten in Hong Kong, usually they put the homework up on the board so the parent or the domestic helper and the child can work together on the homework. It's uh, very simple. He says uh, a little bit of a pujonghua for the domestic helper to learn. The mother will also learn and the child will also learn. Then we've all got the Chinese coming into Hong Kong using pujonghua in shops. The kids will latch on very quickly. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your view, Professor Lo? Um, I believe um, learning Putonghua is a must for all of us, and uh, no doubt about this. Um, but if we require domestic helper to learn Putonghua, and maybe they would like that because uh, in the long term they may uh, have more opportunities to work in mainland China. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, it is difficult to require an adult to, lo- to, to learn an additional language uh, when it is not a must. Um, therefore, uh, should um, we better think how we can promote Putonghua uh, in a more um, functional way. Because for communication, we are not asking our student or, or the user should be um, uh, very accurate in the pronunciation. The, the, mean, the, the, the most important thing is what we want to convey and what we want to communicate with the others. Uh, but at school, when we are using the language as the medium of instruction, the teacher would have the responsibility to assess the proficiency, the accuracy of our student. Therefore, the demanding is much higher than just using a language for communication. So the burden, you can imagine. Yeah, you know, Professor Lo, we were talking about earlier how, how to get the students interested in learning a language. Working in universities, my students, for example, many of them now choose to learn Korean because they just love Korean culture. Yeah. Years ago, that probably was Japanese when Japanese movie was played. How can, well, how can we bring that level of interest in Putonghua learning? Um, when I was uh, when I were young, um, we all learned Putonghua because um, the Putonghua movie from Taiwan and the songs uh, from Taiwan oh, yes, were so popular. So we are all learning Putonghua and my Putonghua improved a lot by that time. And therefore, um, it is not forcing a students to learn a language, but to motivate the students to, 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 to learn what they really want to achieve. So, so I guess the key is to encourage them to use it more in their daily lives, mm. I guess. So would it be useful if, for example, if Hong Kong, we have like a Putonghua day, so everybody will have to use Putonghua during, I mean, the day uh, mm. on, on a certain day? A language environment uh, should be uh, a good place to start with. And based on our research, we found that um, families, they mainly use uh, Cantonese outperform those mainly use Putonghua. Uh, But the best performers uh, were those uh, using both languages, sometimes using Cantonese and sometimes using Putonghua. I think the reason is um, they are quite flexible by using both languages. They would not feel very stressful when they are were asked to use Putonghua. They still be able to to switch the language when they come across with people using either uh, Putonghua or Cantonese. Mm. And also, they they are quite used to you uh, um, use some um, vocabularies to express their ideas. Uh, therefore, having some Cantonese uh, Putonghua at home uh, would help uh, students to transit from main. Uh, 
completely Cantonese and, and speaking environment to some Putonghua, and then maybe in the long term they can use uh, the language fluently. So going forward, uh, Mr. Cheng, what yeah. do you think the government uh, should do to help encourage schools to uh, make this transition? Well, uh, as you, you have just said, um, we, we need to give motivation to the students, and uh, especially students, to learn and use Putonghua. And in, the, uh, in, in these days, uh, it seems that uh, athletic performance in Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics, and, and the like might be uh, a focus uh, that would draw students' at, uh, attention and at the same time uh, elevates the interest in learning Putonghua. Because, in, on, uh, for instance, in, in the Olympic uh, co- uh, contest, uh, in the latest Olympic contest, China has become, uh, well, the second. Uh, the second in terms of the number of awards that uh, that it, it has obtained it uh, in 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 the overall contest. So I think that this must uh, must uh, must be of uh, great interest to our students. And then um, for 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 the EDB, they they should study uh, how extensive Burunwa teaching. Uh, you know, for, uh, using Burunwa as a medium instruction to, uh, is is done in schools, and at the same time, uh, get op- opinions on how uh, uh, that could be an, an enhanced in, in in future teaching of Chinese lessons, uh, in particular uh, regarding the motivation of students and also the the training of of, of teachers, and um, they should also uh, give some motiv- uh, uh, additional motivation in Hong Kong if you can. Uh, put up uh, some meaningful contests. All the time we have a lot of uh, competitions and that might also draw uh, schools' attention, uh, such as speaking contests and uh, inter-school debating uh, using Putonghua. All these things can, uh, I think, uh, open up a, a wider arena for, for you know, the use of Putonghua in the schools. All right, and finally, uh, Professor Lowe, do you have anything to add on that? Or what, what should the government do? Um, I, I want to uh, add one point, which is about the integrative policy. Uh, in our school, we have um, students with different needs, um, like those with special educational needs uh, and also the non-Chinese-speaking students. Uh, when we are talking about using Putonghua of medium of instruction, we also need to consider how well they are prepared uh, to do that. All right, uh, Professor Lowe, uh, this discussion has been very interesting, but unfortunately we're out of time. Uh, Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Elizabeth Lowe, an assistant professor at the University of Hong Kong's Faculty of Education. And also many thanks to Mervyn Cheung, the chairman of the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Group. It's now 19 minutes past nine, and it's time for us to turn to our next topic. And it's about recreational facilities in Hong Kong. A new survey shows that many people believe we don't have enough community sports facilities in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. To tell us more, we're now joined by the DAB lawmaker, Vincent Cheng. Good morning, Mr. Cheng. Hi, good morning. Thanks for joining us on the programme. Um, can you first uh, tell us more about your survey findings? Yes, as, um, I think most of the people remember that uh, after the fifth uh, pandemic, the wave of pandemic, the, the, the recreation and sports centre opened up again. And then we heard a lot of like talking people, uh, illegal talking, like saw the basketball court from $500 to $2,000. So this, we, we have received a lot of complaint about this. And then after this, uh, the LCSC have new policy and rules to uh, make sure that, you know, the talking is like reducing 
tossing and uh, uh, comparing to tossing. But we do think that it's not good enough because, as we know, that you know in Hong Kong we don't have enough basket, we don't have enough uh, sports and recreation center and court. So we we have did a survey um, during last month to ask um, all, the Hong, all the Hong Kong residents about uh, what do they what do they think about um, the, the their 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 policy on on providing the that sports center. So as our results see that there's like more than sixty uh, percent of people residents they, they do think that you know the sport and recreation center is not enough in Hong Kong, and also there's more than sixty percent of people think that uh, the speeding the the, um, the building of the recreation center is too slow and it's not enough. And also there's more than forty about forty percent of people think that the LCSD new system they still think that it's still very hard uh, to book the um, all the uh, sport court. So um, after all this, we, we, we do think that the government should really think about how should they have provide more uh, different uh, centres, uh, especially for sport and recreation centres in the coming future. Are they talking about any particular um, facility? Are they talking about tennis courts or badminton mm. courts? What kind of facilities are they talking about? So um, we, we, are, we are like an open question. We, we ask them, do they think it's enough? But like most of the people so said they, they, they don't think it's enough. But as we know that, you know, a few popular sports uh, uh, court is really not enough in Hong Kong. It's just like basketball court, a badminton court. There's, there's, uh have a high demand on that. So, uh, uh, and also, you know, table tennis as well. So it's, it's mainly about the people which sports they like and uh, that, that think they, they, they do think that's not, it's not enough. Your survey um, uh, uh, suggested that maybe we should u- make use some of those sports facilities in schools, right? Mm. How do you yeah. su- how do you think we could do that? Yeah, I think uh, we heard a lot about uh, we heard a lot of people say that you know when they're going uh, around the school, they think that oh, it's only it's only like one floor, two floor, um, so they, they 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 think it's kind of wasted. So we are suggesting the government, when, when they have a new school coming up to build up, um, can they provide, uh, can they like using this multiple use for the one land system, you know, when they build up uh, 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 the sport recreation building, that is not only for the, the school use, it's also for the public. And it, it can be like, you know, at night, during the night time, they can provide you the people uh, uh, around. So, uh, so this is one of the suggestions. And, and the other is about, uh, because, you know, the, um, the school, they, they are now open up to uh, have the uh, um, uh, cooperation with the uh, NSA, the National Sports Association, that they open up. But we do think that it's not doing very well because this program starting from 2017, after like six, seven years, there's only like 60 schools out of 1,000 schools in Hong Kong joining this program to open up um, the school facility. So we we hope we also hope that the government should reveal uh, what's the reason that um, the school is not willing to open up uh, the facility to the public use. Is this shortage particularly acute in certain districts? Is it worse in certain districts than others? Well, uh, actually, it's everywhere. You know, when when we're talking about you know the old district like Samsui Poyao Chimwo, there's a lot of residents living over there right now, and you know it's very hard for them to find new land to build some facility. So it's one of the problems. But this this problem is also in other uh, or other districts. You know, when we're talking about new territories, um, you know, there's people, a lot of people moving in, in into there, but there there's not enough facility, no matter the swimming pool or the uh, the recreation center. So we do think that the this, um, the building up 
uh, facility is too small. You know, in before there's a program of uh, recreation uh, building five years plan, and they are building up like uh, a few hundred, uh, uh, 30, 40 uh, new facility. But you know, there's a lot of uh, facility. It's not used. To, it's not built yet. You know, they, they, they're using a lot of time to <laughs> reconstruct and things like that. So we do think that uh, we hope that the, you know the, all the reconstruct construction work can speed up. And do you, do you think uh, this problem we're talking about is also related to maybe uh, an increase in demand for these facilities during the pandemic? Like many many people are now turning to picking up new sports during the pandemic. Is that uh, related? Yes, 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 definitely. Of course, we are welcome the people, you know, they're joining the, uh, the new sport. They are they're enjoying uh, using the sports facility. They are they are they, they love sport. We 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 are really looking forward um, on all on this happening. But you know, when the people, um, some of the people tell us that, oh, I, if if I would like to join uh, a new sport, I I don't want to only joining the running team. Like you know, even you know, running is one of the most easier way to sport. They they they, they do want to try some like new kind of sports or uh, uh, some group uh, sports as well. So, but um, they feel very hard. Like if they want to like a group of friends, they they want to like after work, they want to book a basketball to uh, basketball court to play around. You know, it's so hard for them. You know, they they, they, they are paying a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to to book a basketball court or a soccer court, and you know they and they they don't really want to you know paying for like illegal talking. So, so this is one of the issues. You know, they they, they definitely slow down uh, the people <laughs> enjoying the sports uh, uh, atmosphere. You know, in your survey, 75.4% of the people said that we should turn these single-storey sports playground into multi-purpose sports ground. Now, you know, I'm thinking, so I live near Changkwano, and and there's a giant velodrome. It's it's an amazing facility, right? And that was built after our athletes did really well at the Olympics in cycling. But but those are quite kind of elitist kind of sport in a way. You need a lot of expensive gear. So isn't that the problem? You know, we ha- we don't have enough basketball courts. We don't have enough soccer pitches mm. because those are what people enjoy. Whereas the money is spent on these amazing fil- facilities where fewer people can enjoy. Well, um, just about two things. The first thing is about you know there's a lot of uh, in an old district like what uh, in some circles there's a lot of very old community center which which, which more than like forty years fifty years and they are very uh, uh, weak of facility you know they are only providing one badminton court and then it's not you know it's not so good for 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 the people going in so we are talking about you know we build all the facilities if, if the building is if the community center is more than like 30 40 years and it's not very fully utilized um is there any chance that they can be built again so i think this is one of the things that we are talking about and the other thing is about what you're talking about you know the elite sport sporting stadium you know we we, we you during the during this past two years you know our, our elite sport is doing very well actually and and also we have to you know have some specialists for them to, to practice so i think that you know for the cycling yeah, stadium. I think it's very important for the elite to practice. But of course, we, we do think that there's a lot of people that they love cycling, but they cannot enjoy the, 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 those stadiums. So uh, the government also should think about more more different kind of uh, level uh, uh, facilities for different level of people. All right. I have an email here from James. He, he says, uh, 
Um, good morning. He says that Hong Kong does have excellent recreational facilities, well subsidized by the government. I would urge uh, the government to hire more trainers to help people who are intimidated by the cost of gyms and personal trainers. And uh, that email is from James. So, uh, Mr. Chang, do you agree? I mean, there are there there are some training uh, offered to to users of these facilities, right? Do you think more trainers need to be hired? Yes, uh, this is one of my suggestions too. We, we see when we go into the Hong Kong, you know, the public uh, sports and recreation center, the, the, the hardware is so nice, you know. But, you know, uh, but it's kind of like weak of software. You know, we, we have trained a lot of uh, elite uh, uh, people. They, they are also, there are lots of, you know, Hong, Hong Kong have a lot of like uh, universities. They provide a very good management at uh, a course for the sports management. And all these people is a very good people, you know, to, they, they, they should have more opportunity uh, to go into the system. Like, the, you know, the, the, the LCSD can, can like hire more uh, this kind of professionalist, professional uh, management to all this public facility. And then they, they can provide more information and provide different courses and provide more training to uh, the people. Like, like the public, bus, public uh, badminton court. Why can't they uh, provide some professional uh, uh, trainer there and then teach all the people over there? It's not only for, for those uh, small group of people. They, they, they can definitely do, do that. So I, I, I do think that, you know, it's not only hardware and we should also increase our uh, software needs as well. All right, Mr. Chang, we'll have to leave it here for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's a DAB lawmaker, Vincent Chang. Many thanks also to you who commented or emailed back chat today and to my co-host Jenny Lam and my producer Yuki. Thank you. Now here's the weather. Cloudy with squally showers and thunderstorms. Highs expected of around 29 degrees. Winds moderate to fresh north to northwesterlies, becoming southerlies, occasionally strong offshore. The standby signal number one is now in place. The thunderstorm warning as well. And the outlook, showers and thunderstorms in the next couple of days. 27 degrees at the moment, relative humidity 87%. The Smart ID Card replacement exercise continues to keep pace with the changing world. If you hold the old form of Smart ID card and were born in 1992 to 1995, you must replace your ID card from July 25th to October 6th this year. If you were born in or before 1954, you can replace your ID card at a replacement center now. You may also bring along two persons with disabilities to replace ID cards together. Remember to book ahead.